0: Today's retirees have possibly more money than any previous generation, and this could mean they'll also pay the most in taxes. Coming up, we'll outline some potential ways to plan for the taxes of tomorrow. Welcome in to Your Retirement with Sam Hughes.
1: Welcome once again to Your Retirement. I'm consumer advocate Chuck Caton, and in studio we have Sam Dual, Dual Financial Strategies with over a score of years of experience in the financial realm and the retirement planning realm, along with Luke Van Abel. Uh, good to have both of you on the show once again. And remember, they are of the uh, Retirement Lifestyle Review ilk, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that later on. And you can always reach him at 866-203-7486 because this is All about your retirement. And as you said, Sam, in the the, uh, opening of the show, baby boomers have a substantial amount saved for tax-deferred retirement accounts, as we all know, as well as other taxable assets. I'm one of them. I should know. Uh, So that means uh, I'm going to pay a lot less taxes in retirement. But we really shouldn't assume that, should we? Because of what we have, unless we're putting in the right places. Uh, I think uh, most people that listen to this program probably don't realize that they may be paying more uh, in their retirement if they've got a substantial nest egg. So I know you've got a few reasons, you and Luke, uh, both including changing tax policies that could happen, and of course those dreaded uh, required minimum distributions. So what do we do about all of this, Uh, one would ask. And I guess uh, you better start with the four-letter word PLAN, right? Plan for those taxes of tomorrow, because (laughs) I don't think they're going down.
0: Yeah, for sure, Chuck. And, and you know, the interesting thing is that this there's been this myth in the financial industry as, as long as I've been here over 20 years now. Uh, and it's been it's been taught to consumers to expect that their taxes are somehow miraculously going to go away when they go into retirement. We, we hear that all the time. You shouldn't worry about taxes in retirement because you probably won't even be paying any taxes. Well, that's just hogwash. Mm-hmm. People don't People don't stop paying taxes in retirement. As a matter of fact, many people pay as much, and in a lot of cases, more physical dollars in taxes in retirement than they ever do when they're working. Yeah. And and the reason for that, Chuck, is because everything that you're withdrawing, it coming from a Roth IRA is fully taxable as ordinary income in retirement you think about it you've been building these IRAs these 401k plans well you've never paid any taxes on that and you know no one can predict the future I certainly don't pretend to believe that I can but there's substantial evidence to suggest that taxes are going to rise you know right now we're enjoying tax rates that came under something called the tax cuts and jobs act but that expires at the end of 2025 but the current administration seems to be dead set on making changes before then. And as far as history is concerned, we're experiencing relatively low no tax rates right now. For instance, in 1944... The highest income tax rate was 94% on your federal taxes. Jeez. And just as, as recently as 1978, I mean, it's not like that was that long ago. 1978, the maximum capital gains tax rate was almost 40%. So those of you that have saved substantially, those of you that have saved more than a half a million dollars in your retirement savings plans that are tax-deferred, you could have a problem. Right now, the highest tax uh, income tax bracket is 37%. The highest long-term capital gains tax rate is 20%. But the Biden administration's proposed tax changes include increasing that top marginal income tax rate from 37% to 39.6%. And additionally, that long-term capital gains rate of 20%, for those of you making more than a million dollars, that would disappear. This means that that capital gain would instead be taxed at 39.6% plus an additional 3.8% net investment income tax. So that would exceed that horrific capital gains tax rate that there was back in 1978. So if you are of significant means, if you are still, maybe you're still working and you're bringing in a really good six figure income. There's a lot of you listening to our show that do a lot of you that have saved 500,000, 750,000, a million dollars in your retirement plans. We need to be talking about this and A month from now, six months from now, a year from now is not when we need to talk about this. We need to talk about and plan now because, Chuck, I'll tell you, one of the things that I don't think people realize is that people of means, affluent people, affluent clients, we're planning right now for these tax changes. Right now, we're putting the things in place because tomorrow could well be too late.
1: Yeah, you have to have that sense of urgency. There's no doubt about that. And I think the one thing, Luke, uh, you can maybe shed some light on this as well, is that one pet peeve of mine, and I know a lot of our listeners uh, were maybe not getting Social Security yet, but I just can't understand why 50% of your Social Security counts as provisional income when you're in retirement. That makes me mad. I don't know why, because you've paid uh, in so much as I have. and I know a lot of our listeners are the same way, so how much of your retirement income will be taxable is the, uh, well, the salient question here, and part of it has to do with that Social Security tax.
2: It absolutely does, Chuck. So once you retire, many of your retirement income sources are going to be taxable, as we're talking about, and this possibly includes Social Security benefits. So what Chuck was referring to there is the Provisional Income Formula, which determines what portion of your social security will be taxable. But most people, so like for an individual, if you're an individual filer for your taxes and you earn between $25,000 and $34,000 in a year, or you're a married couple and you receive $32,000 to $44,000 as a married couple, up to 50% of your benefits are going to be taxable. And so you have to calculate this based on taking half of your social security and all other income. And then if you fall into these brackets, that's what determines what portion of your Social Security will be taxed. But it doesn't end there. I mean, it, more of your Social Security can even be taxed if your combined income as an individual is above $34,000. And if for a married couple, your income is about above $44,000 in a year. So that would mean 85% of your, ta- your income would be taxable including everything else that you're making. And the, the disheartening part about that is those numbers, Chuck, have never been adjusted for inflation. Since, <laughs> social, right. sec- yeah. since social Security started, they haven't changed those, those different brackets. So beyond Social Security benefits, there's other things to consider too because of course, as Sam was talking about, you've got your capital gains, the gains from your, non-reti- or your non-retirement accounts, your IRAs. You know, if you sell a home, You know, there could be some capital gains, Um, not so much probably capital gains with the home, but if you've got a A secondary property or land, things like that, and also inheritance, you want to plan for inheritance because that could have some tax implications. So if you're worried about making money last for the rest of your life, consider how much of your retirement savings will go towards taxes and whether you could be paying less.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing. Okay. For example, if you get fifty thousand dollars in social security, and you have to count half of that as provisional income, right? So your tax that'd be probably the lowest tax rate you could have is at that twenty five thousand dollar figure you're talking about filing jointly. Anyway, or it's thirty two. Maybe you won't pay any tax then if you just took your social security. But that's not going to be feasible because you've got RMDs to think about and all those types of things when you turn seventy two. So the question absolutely. is, absolutely, yeah, all
2: you have is social security. Then maybe no tax but for many of you you've got all these other pots of money too that get added to that figure
1: absolutely so the question is sam what can you do about it well you can as you said before chuck we can plan
0: for it that's that's a big portion of it but what you really have to do is you have to act you can't just sit around and wait and 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 hope i mean hope should never be a part of a retirement plan hope should never be part of a tax plan i will tell you this if you do not have A cohesive, well-thought-out, well-crafted tax plan in place, and you have more than $500,000 saved in your IRA, you're you're courting disaster. You're absolutely – you may as well just write the check, send it to Washington, and be done with it. And just say, oh, well, because they're going
2: to come and take it from you. When do you think people should come in, Sam? I mean, we talk all the time. – we're talking about now. Now. It's like – like yesterday. <laughs> exactly. People need to come in now so that they we've got time to plan. Absolutely. We've got, got time, time to, to plan. plan.
0: You've got a window right now. Right. And we follow this legislation, we follow the things that are going on. There are other things going on behind the scenes that you don't even know about that haven't been mentioned and haven't been talked about in the media that would have profound impacts on your ability to be able to keep your money. That's what we're talking about is keeping your money we need to talk about Roth IRA conversions does it make sense for you can we do Roth conversions and get that money into a tax-free bucket for you without having a negative profound tax impact today can you use a health savings account are you able to participate in an HSA if you are and you're not maximum funding that HSA every year you're making a huge massive mistake I would rather see you putting your money into that HSA account than putting it into that IRA or that 401k any day of the week are you using the right types of investments Are some people are using investments right now that actually are costing you more then you realize from a tax perspective there are so many misconceptions about different asset classes and the way that they're taxed there are ways to structure in today's world to help minimize those taxes on those non-iRA accounts so if you are raising your hand and saying you believe that taxes are going up then you need to make the call you need to get in the office now you need to get a copy of the book purpose determines placement folks I know I get passionate about this, but time is ticking away. Every day that you wait, they're one day closer to passing those bills in Washington. They're one day closer to giving the current administration free reign to do whatever they wish with your tax brackets. And if you don't think they're not, well, you're going to be the one writing the check
1: absolutely and there's a way that uh, Sam and Luke and Andy can help you at dual financial strategies talk about that so, because it's all about strategy and it's about uh, tax minimization and all you have to do is give them a call for a no cost no obligation review of your situation and do it pronto as Sam just said 866-203-7486 that's the phone number to get that uh, appointment made 866-203-7486 and remember Sam mentioned he penned the book, Purpose Determines Placement. You'll get a copy of that and an entire retirement lifestyle review. And I would say taxation is right at the top of the list of things to talk about. Again, it is 866-203-7486, 866-203-7486. To get that no-cost-to-obligation review, sit down and talk to Sam or Luke or Andy, because taxation is that insidious um, creature that nibbles away. It's uh, kind of like a termite. You don't know what's happening, eating away at your portfolio. We've got yep. to take a break, Sam. Exactly right, right? And so well, let's talk about something maybe a little more pleasant in the next segment i don't know (laughs) tell me (laughs) we'll see
0: but the closer you get to retirement the more you need to make sure your plan is helping to keep your money safe when we come back we've got some ideas and some strategies that can help you do just that
1: Welcome back to uh, Your Retirement. I'm Chuck Caton. Sitting in uh, with us is, of course, uh, the uh, man at the head of Sam Is His name is Sam Duell from Duell Financial Strategies. He's got Luke Van Obel with him. Uh, Andy Schooler is on assignment this week, but we're going to talk a little bit about safety now. And uh, I wonder if Sam and Luke are staying hydrated right now. You got a nice cup of coffee? Uh, going, well, of course, that dehydrates you. That's uh, counterproductive. Maybe a little tomato juice or orange juice or water. Uh, but uh, I know that you guys want to break down uh, how you can help our listeners make sure that the retirement savings are mostly safe no matter what happens. And, of course, we're talking about market volatility and things that we need to prepare for that we've heard about for a number of months here, Sam. But uh, I guess one of the things you can do is carefully selecting your investments, because what you want to do is be as safe as you can, especially the older you get and in your retirement red zone.
0: Absolutely, Chuck. And And when we talk about the word safe, safe doesn't mean not making money. Safe means not losing large quantities of money. It's again, this is another one of those huge myths in the financial industry that well, in order to make money, you got to be taking lots of risk. Folks, that is a lie. It's not true. In order to make money, you need to not lose money. It's just that simple. And many of you when you're selecting investments, mostly in your 401k plans, you're selecting these things. All of it's based upon performance. All of it's based upon past performance. You may, you may, you may take a passing glance at the uh, the sheet and consider fees, but it's all based upon past performance. Well, the old saying, Luke: past performance doesn't indicate future performance. Mm-hmm. Judging those investments that you're in based upon what their past performance is, is absolute and complete folly. It's a fool's errand, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't work. It has never worked. Because it doesn't mean anything. It just means that's what had happened yesterday. Right. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but you need to be basing these 401k plans on asset classes. You need to be looking at them as far as where they're exposed to in the market and then adjusting accordingly. Many of the choices you have in those types of plans are going to expose you to the volatility of the stock market. So you got some potential for some big returns. But... Unfortunately, you've also got the possibility of some significant losses, and if you're in that retirement red zone, if we're sitting here, and you're you're in a three to five year window, getting ready to retire. You absolutely cannot at any level afford significant losses. There are more conservative investment selections inside of 401ks. We look at these plans for people all the time. We try to help them, if they're going to be working for a while, get structured in a way that at least will give them some sort of a steady ride. And if you're over 59 and a half, if you're over 59 and a half, pay attention because there is an opportunity available in tax code called an in service distribution. Which most companies recognize, and what that does, that allows you, after the age of 59 and a half, to roll over your existing 401k into your own individual, self-managed or managed IRA. You don't stop participating in the 401k. the The employer doesn't stop contributing to it. You simply empty that bucket and you move it over into a bucket where your investment choices are basically infinite. You can do anything in the world that you want inside of that separate IRA, so you might want to consider that as a careful selection or a careful strategy.
1: All right, that's uh, good advice there. And it still is my pet peeve. I think I have mentioned this on the show a number of months ago that I was still mad at our CFO with the Carolina Hurricanes because he did that. He did that uh, uh, in-service transfer, as you're talking about, and he never told me about it. And I was one of his best friends, you know, and I could have done that at 59 and a half Instead, I still had my 401K till the end. But that's a different story. All right, Luke, let's talk about decreasing volatility. You have to diversify to do that. We're talking about safety now. Diversify that portfolio, correct?
2: Absolutely. I mean, this is the the age old thing that we all know, lots of eggs in lots of different baskets. But the facts are that most of you don't have a lot of eggs in a lot of different baskets. You've got a lot of different things in there, but there's a lot of overlap with those things. And so one thing that can be helpful is to to have somebody take a closer look at those, to better understand, you know, how much of these are stocks, how much of this has overlap inside of it, and then instead of investing all of your retirement savings maybe in the stock market to start exploring alternative types of investments. You know, there's other tools out there that are safer that can be used as an alternative to just owning stocks or exchange traded funds that have an increasing amount of risk when you're wanting to see things get safer and safer as you get closer to that retirement deadline.
1: All right, when we talk about safety and uh, different risk levels here, you've got to uh, sit down and say to yourself, this is what I want to do, right, Sam? You have to know your risk level.
0: Oh, it's absolutely true, because risk is a relative term. I mean, that's the thing that I think sometimes people get confused about. Uh, They get this mixed message because they've taken these little surveys, these little questionnaires that, you know, kind of miraculously uh, slotted you as being either conservative, moderate, or or, uh, are, are aggressive. And so then you got slotted into the conservative mutual funds or what we're supposed to be conservative but mm-hmm. folks those conservative mutual funds are probably mostly bond based that's usually the way that those are but that is not a stable investment choice during certain market
2: conditions well and i think a lot of times it's the coworker, right you that, know Billy Bob next door a lot of times he says yeah. he says we got to be aggressive because well the market's doing really well yeah well, Bibbly Bob ain't you.
0: Yeah, he's not you. So know your own individual risk level. We talk often on the show about risk allies You can go to our website. That's dualstrategies.com d-u-e-l-l-strategies.com and on the very first page I believe it's in the upper right hand corner there is a button that you can push that says do you know your risk level. So you're looking for a risk number here. It'll walk you through the questionnaire and it'll assign a number to you. Folks, we have Approach risk from a very scientific level. It's not a gut feeling. It's not a, oh, you look like you should be this or you should be that. No, it's scientific down to your personal risk number. That way, investment choices can be assigned to you based on that, not based upon some arbitrary questionnaire or some type of a gut feeling. you have to know.
1: That's right, Sam. Now, Luke, uh, it's an old bromide that as you get older, you should be more conservative, and maybe uh, that's true, maybe it isn't. So shifting to conservative investments over time could be a strategy, because when you're younger, you probably take more risk. I know I did uh, in my portfolio, but uh, your thoughts on that?
2: Absolutely. I mean, as a general rule, Rule: The closer you get to retirement, um, the safer more most people want to get with it. Because you know, let's face it, we don't want to go back to work in retirement, or at least not be forced to do it. So I'll echo the message that Sam was just talking about with taking another taking a risk questionnaire. Go to the website, check it out, take the risk riskalyze, so that you can understand where you're at today, where you're comfortable at today, and then position your investments according to that with a mindset that in two, three, five years, you're going to be retired. Absolutely.
1: And it's true. But in maybe three or four or five years, you don't want to retire, Sam. So maybe considering delaying retirement is
2: one way uh, you
1: could stay safe because you're continuing to rake in and make the money so that you can kind of delay retirement and have more in your portfolio.
0: Yeah, for sure you can do that. I mean, some folks, sometimes you're you're just dead set that you've got this number in mind and you just, for whatever reason, you're just dead set that you're going to retire there. And specifically those of you that are dead set on retiring before 59 and a half. There are some very uh specific challenges that come with that. And unless you have amassed a considerable amount of money, I'm talking about a considerable amount of money, you may want to let go of this idea that you're going to just fully retire. Now if you're going to retire from your current career and go do something else, that's a different matter. But you start talking about retiring in that in that uh, 57, 58 range, you have some very specific challenges that you have to meet and you might want to consider delaying that. Here's a way to do this? Work for another few years, live on your spouse's salary if you are a two if you're a two income household, and stash at least half of yours away. You'll be amazed at how quickly you can make that thing grow by doing that. But delaying retirement could be a option for you. Absolutely.
1: All right. Uh, and then we talk about safety in your portfolio. One of the ways is to have an emergency fund, Luke, and have your short term money kept safe. You have to have some money there that is not at risk in the market.
2: Right. This is a question we get all the time. Um, You know, once you enter retirement, you're going to need more readily available cash, liquid money that you can access to live off of. Um, This is especially true for those that decide to retire prior to 59 and a half because you don't have access to those retirement accounts without any sort of penalty. So, you want, as a general rule of thumb, to have three to six months' living expenses inside of that emergency fund that's position safe, where you can't lose it, where you know if something happens, whether you lose employment or whether something changes and you need a roof, right, that that money is there. But the other side of this coin, Sam, and we see this all the time, is what if we have more than three to six months living expenses? What if I make $5,000 a month and I've got more than $30,000 sitting inside of my savings or checking account? Well, now, You've got to explore some other options. Yeah. Get that money working for it's you. It's lazy money at that point in time. It's lazy, stagnant, yeah. sitting yeah, there true. not doing anything earning point something percent. Yeah, and
0: I know that there's yeah, there's not a lot of choices for, you know, quote-unquote stable or safe money. But still, I don't care if you're in some type of a savings account where it'll give you a half a percent rather than a tenth of a percent. Well, that's still better. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. seek those out. Don't be sitting on large amounts of cash that you're allowing to be lazy. It's like letting your 32-year-old son sit in your basement and play Xbox instead of making him mow your lawn. Same difference.
1: Absolutely. So tell people what you can do for them in this realm we can help you with your
0: planning process we can help you with this process of getting you into an area where you know what your risk levels are you know what your potential volatility levels are we can help you make those shifts you need to start making those shifts now particularly if you're thinking you're going to do this retirement thing within the next year or two we've got to be addressing this right now folks we can start putting that uh, efficient well-thought-out tax plan in place we can start making sure that all of your insurances are correct make sure you're ready to exit the door that you have everything in place the way it should be in place I'll get you a copy of the book purpose determines placement that's a nine-step guide to see you to and through retirement it is an excellent resource folks I mean I wrote it so I don't want to come out wrong here saying it's an excellent resource I'm what I'm saying is everything that you're telling me everyone that has read this book has given me rave reviews on it To the point that many are saying single best resource they've ever read to get them ready for retirement that was easily understandable and easy to follow so give us a call come in and see us let's sit down and chat Time's a-wasting. Let's get you ready for that retirement that you've dreamed of and that retirement that you deserve.
1: All right, Sam. And the easy way to do it, ladies and gentlemen, is to call 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486 to get that uh, independent review, that no-cost, no-obligation review that Sam's talking about here at Dual Financial Strategies anywhere in the Fox Valley, Green Beta, Appleton, and all the environs. Once again, that retirement lifestyle review is at no-cost, no-obligation But make the call right now because uh, time's a-wasting, as they say. 866-203-7486. Let's talk about the next segment. Sam, what's coming up?
0: Well, Chuck, there's plenty of things that can impact your retirement. But don't let procrastination be one of them. When we come back, five things not to put off when it comes to your retirement plan.
1: Thank you for listening to Your Retirement. Chuck Caton here for Dual Financial Strategies, along with uh, Sam Duell and Luke Van Avel uh, of Dual Financial Strategies, 866-203-7486. And it wasn't the Marquis de Sade, but it was the humorist Don Marquis, uh, not to be confused, who said that, uh, well, procrastination's the art of keeping up with yesterday. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> well, I like that. I've done that a few times. In fact, yeah. the first two weeks of March are supposedly designated as National Procrastination Week, but uh, uh, that could be uh, delayed, <laughs> appropriately so, maybe a week or two. Yeah. But, you know, when it comes to retirement planning, uh, you better not put some, uh, certain things off. And uh, I think that that's what the um, the crux of this segment's all about. And uh, the first thing is spending plan, budget, create a realistic one, because... Uh, I think as you you, you alluded to it in the previous segment about living on maybe your spouse's income and saving the rest if you're a two-income family, the same can be uh, thought of when, you know, put your mindset to what you're going to be needing in retirement. And uh, sometimes that's a a higher percentage uh, than you think uh, when you're not working anymore, when you're paying yourself. So creating that realistic budget is key.
0: Yeah, you've got to have real numbers, and and I, I like what Don Marquis said that procrastination is the art of keeping up with yesterday because some people are they they're they're chronic about that. Uh, you know, we see that all of the time where uh, you know the what ifs and uh, if it were so and all of those sorts of things. It's like you know, well, well, if, if Trump were still president. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, folks. He's not. And you're you're facing an entirely different dilemma now. And we have to get with today to look forward to tomorrow. You got to have that realistic budget in retirement. We talked about that earlier. You're going to retire early. When you come in, you better have some hard and fast numbers on what you're going to be spending. Because once we flick this retirement switch, and you get a few years into it, the ability for you to be able to just Redo and go back is extremely limited. Make sure that we're doing Social Security collect, uh, correct. People will people will do one of two things on, on Social Security. It seems like they'll either procrastinate forever and miss a good mark, or they will just jump into it with both feet and waste and 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 waste and give up tremendous amounts of future income simply because they weren't realistic
1: about what they wanted to do.
0: Yeah. Make sure that you're maximizing your benefits. Make sure that you have everything in place the way it needs to be.
1: Yes, and one of those things, Luke, that we need to think about, and don't procrastinate on this, because those credit card bills come every month, you might still have a car payment and a mortgage payment, but paying off debt the the best you can is another key.
2: It certainly is. Eliminating debt payments gives you more money to spend on retirement expenses. And keep in mind that most, you're going to be on a fixed income, right? The, The paycheck from work turns off. So, the, the amount of money coming in is going to be could be limited in some ways so how can you pay off some of those higher you know debts and things um, especially those consumer debts where um, interest rates like on credit cards and other loans might be significantly higher than you know say a mortgage today um, and then another question we get when we're talking about debt all the time is should I pay off that mortgage um, maybe maybe not um, it depends on it depends on you know your income now your income in retirement and if you have a low interest rate it might be okay to keep it for now right if if it's if it's a lower amount where this is you know somewhat of a consumer debt but it's not a credit card where you're paying 15 17 20% on that so um, keep those things in mind get that debt reduced down because you're going to be on a fixed income at that point having um less resources.
1: Yeah, we're talking about not procrastinating on certain issues as you approach retirement and are thinking about how to plan for your monthly expenses and of course, Sam, uh the one thing that you have with most employment is a health care plan. So you haven't had to think about that, but evaluating sure. a horse, uh, but evaluating a health care plan and insurance needs is something you're going to have to think about when you make that transition, uh the transition to retirement. For sure, yeah. If
0: you're going to retire pre sixty five, pre Medicare, uh, then you're likely going to need a health insurance plan. You know, if you're if you're going to retire, and maybe there's a spouse that's still working, uh, perhaps you're going to go on their plan. But if not, uh, then you've got some decisions to make. What type of a health care plan do you want? What do you need? Uh, what are your income levels going to be? Will you qualify for any of the Affordable Care Act Obamacare credits? So um, that is a that's a big key part of that realistic budget is what the health care needs are going to be and if you are at that 65 age well then we need to get you set down with lake in our office and we need to walk you through all of your options in medicare it's a very confusing area for people how do you sign up for it what do you need to look for medicare supplements uh, man i mean there are there's A ton of information that you have to know on Medicare supplements instead of just getting pigeonholed into a plan. So we want to make sure that you understand and you navigate the intricacies of Medicare and the intricacies of Social Security, because we see a lot of mistakes made by people in those two areas that were simple and were innocent but we're costly.
1: Absolutely. And again, uh, don't procrastinate. Make the phone call right now because what we're talking about is not waiting too long uh, to deal with your retirement plans. Don't procrastinate. It's something you shouldn't have to do till tomorrow or next March when you celebrate uh, National Procrastination Week. Yeah, give Sam and uh, Luke a call right now at 866 203 7486. No cost, no obligation. They're going to sit down and tell you why you shouldn't procrastinate about these things because we're talking about financial matters from creating a realistic budget to paying off debt to evaluating your health and uh, insurance needs in retirement. And, Luke, the next thing is maybe not as much financial as it is, trying to occupy all those hours when you finally hang them up. If you're not going to work part-time, you got some 2,500 hours all the time to take care of in every month. Uh, so, how will you spend your time? Because spending time could mean spending money.
2: It could be. Um, and this is an area of passion, even though it's not financial related. Um, you know, what are you going to do with all that time? And you know, like we talk about all the time with the book, purpose determines placement. Purpose determines what you're going to do with your time in retirement, too, folks. So, when you're giving up 2,500 hours. In a year, what are you going to replace that with? Um, You know, gone to the days of, you know, short retirement years. Um, There's people living 20, 25, 30 years in retirement. This is a third of your life. What do you want that last third of your life to look like? What's important to you? What things do you want to put energy into? Uh, Maybe there's new hobbies. Maybe there's new relationships that you want to develop. Um, But consider and think about ahead of time. Don't procrastinate on this. Start thinking before you retire what are some things that you want to be intentional on? What are some things that you want to learn? about um, or do that maybe you've you've put off because, you know, that job got in the way.
1: Absolutely. And then you may want uh, in a situation to work part time, extend your time so you can extend uh, the amount of money you'll be able to save in retirement, too. And uh, you might even get some additional Social Security income by doing that. So as we wrap up this segment, Sam, uh, talking about not procrastinating, uh, making that phone call to 866-203-7486 and the find people to Dual financial strategies that have your retirement in mind. One of the things that never goes away, if you're not making money, you still need money for home improvements and repairs, because if you're going to uh, live in your house uh, or maybe downsize to a condominium, uh, you're still going to have some expenses that you're going to need to save for on a monthly basis.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. And getting those things done before you retire is optimal. It's much, much better. Um, A lot of times folks who get ready to go into retirement, then they are going to downsize. And then they're totally caught off guard by how many thousands and tens of thousands of dollars it will take to update their house. Um, I mean you know you start talking kitchens and bathrooms folks you're starting to talk cha-ching here in a big way not to mention in today's world the time involved it's very difficult to get windows right now it's very difficult to get appliances it's very Contract, difficult to, get any to even of these. come Contract. over and do anything <laughs> exactly I mean it could literally take you months and months and months to procure, plan, get the pieces that you need. So don't neglect that. If you're going to do those home repairs and improvements, start that right now. It's always better to do that prior to than it is to wait until you're retired. If you've lived in there for 20 years or more, your house is probably outdated. It's probably not going to do as well on the market if you're going to sell it. So you want to get on that right now today. Um, the other thing I think that, that people don't realize is that if you are going to access outside cash for this, if you want to do a short term loan or maybe a you know home equity line of credit or something like that, you need to do these things while you still have a paycheck. Mm, because the lending rules today are all predicated upon what your income is. And well all of a sudden you go into so you know you go into retirement and all you're gonna do is is be on social security and draw some money from an IRA or 401k. You have to have the right level of income in order to qualify for that loan. So it's best to do that while you still have a regular paycheck that you can verify income. There are some lending institutions in our area in the Fox Valley. We can refer you to a couple of really good ones that recognize the needs of people that are in retirement and do not have uh, the same type of requirements as others do. But it's something to think about. Again, Chuck, going back to what we've been talking about this entire segment, do not procrastinate on any of these things. Get them done now so that you don't run into problems
1: later. Absolutely. And the fine folks at Dual Financial Strategies can help you do that with their over 20 years of experience. They will make you realize that uh, you can't procrastinate, just as you need the extra funds, maybe for home improvements. So, you need a retirement plan that is fit for you because it is your retirement. So give them a call at 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. Anywhere in the Fox Valley, within the sound of our voice, uh, they are there for you at no cost, no obligation. So Sam Duell, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel, they're all at your service along with the uh, other resources that they have to help you with the inclusive retirement lifestyle review that they will do for you. So it's once again 866-203-7486, 866-203-7486. 866-203-7486, 866-203-7486. No cost, no obligation. Sit down with Sam or Andy or Luke and uh, see if they can construct a plan for you. And maybe you need a second opinion. Maybe you have a retirement plan that you're not necessarily, um, well, on board with or maybe needs a little bit of reviewing and tweaking. They can do that as well. All right, it's a fast-moving show, Sam. What's coming up in the next segment? I know it's one that you and Luke like uh, uh, each and every week.
0: Yeah, when we come back, it's time for questions from listeners. Good stuff right after this.
1: And we're in our final segment. Thanks again for listening to Your Retirement. Chuck Caton here, along with uh, Dual Financial Strategies' own Sam Duel. And he's got Luke Van Abel in studio. Andy Schooler is away this week. Let's uh, answer some questions now. Let's go to Swamiko. Paul is there. And he wants to know if he should roll over his traditional IRA to a Roth IRA uh, at 60 years old. He said, I've got a work-related 401K uh, with over $100,000 in it, as well as a designated trading account with a little less than $100,000. And I've got nothing but standard deductions. Our home is paid for.
0: Okay. Well, Paul, I, I, I'd love to be able to answer that directly for you, but there's not quite enough information there for me to, to give you a salient answer on it, Uh, it's always a good idea to get as much of that money into a tax-free vehicle as possible, and the Roth IRA will certainly give you that. Um, The thing that I'm not sure of, though, is how much this would cost you. I don't know how much is in your traditional IRA, so it's difficult to know what would this do to your tax bracket. So you're always looking at the tax ramifications when you're looking at doing these conversions from an IRA to a Roth IRA. For example, let's say that, Paul, let's say that you're in a 12% federal tax bracket, okay? Um, And we want to do this rollover. But by doing that rollover, let's say that you're in a 12% tax bracket and you're right at the very top of that thing. You're just, you're, you're pushing out at the very top of that. But by doing this rollover, that would push you into the 22% tax bracket. That's the next one up. Well, you've got to think about that pretty seriously because at that point in time, the entirety of your conversion is going to cost you 22% in federal taxes. So does it make sense? Are you better off waiting? Are we better off instead of doing that all in one chunk? Should you have an efficient, well-thought-out conversion strategy so that you do this over a number of years. Um, should you do part of it in December of 2021 and then do the, the other part of it in, in January of 2022? You've converted everything within a 30-day time frame. However, you've done it over two tax years. A lot of things would need to be answered there, but that would be the first thing that I would want you to discuss with your tax person uh, and decide What makes the most sense for you from a taxable income standpoint?
1: All right, let's go to Bradley in Greenville now. And, Luke, you can handle this one. He wants to know if it's wise or unwise to try to start planning how I'll handle the inheritance uh, that I get when my mother passes away. She's in her late 80s now, in declining health, And I expect to get a substantial amount when she passes. So I certainly don't want to ask her uh, what I can expect to get. But I do want to be able to start planning. So how do you advise people on this? And I know that this is a tough one because... uh, Uh, for a lot of different reasons. What if you have a person, say, that is on the verge of dementia or Alzheimer's and they can't help you out, so do this sooner than later. Don't procrastinate
2: on this one either, right? Right, don't procrastinate on it, Bradley, and you bring up a good point in, you know, this is a sensitive area that you don't just want to go and be like, hey, mom, you know, what do you got? Where is it? What am I expecting to get? So that, um, I, I really resonate with you on that one, but I think to start getting your own, sort of fiscal house in, in order. Um, you know, if there's other, you, you don't mention in the question here, but what other assets you have, um, or even kind of your, your age or anything like that. But I would say start to get your things in order so that you have a better understanding of that. If you've got additional questions, um, and then also, you know, as you engage with somebody that can help you walk through that area, starting to set up proper expectations about those funds be thinking about you know what's the purpose of those funds going to be have a plan for your own assets have a plan for you know if you do inherit funds what you'll do with that and then the other big unknown because you don't know what the tax qualification of these each of these accounts are, is what portion of them will you have some sort of tax burden on? What portion will you have to take out a distribution on? Um, there's different required distribution rules that will come with um, inheriting funds. And now with the SECURE Act, you know, you're going to be forced to take distributions out over a 10-year period of time. So planning for the taxes is going to be a big part. Understanding what portions might be tax-free, what other assets will you receive that um, you might have to worry about, the tax burden. So a lot of unknowns, hard to say today, but I would say start planning for yourself, um, get things in order. And then um, once those funds come over, we don't want to plan on a certain amount, but at least you'll have some expectations for where those funds are going to go.
1: All right. Very good answer there. Now, Sam Tyler from Green Bay wants to know if there are uh, advantages and what they are to uh, exchange traded funds over mutual funds.
0: Yeah, for sure, Tyler. Uh, exchange traded funds are what's commonly referred to as ETFs. Uh, they have uh, multiple different advantages over mutual funds today. Uh, I, I give you four of them here that are probably uh, probably some of the most important ones. The first one is is the tax friendliness of investing in exchange traded funds ETFs in a non IRA account. Um, now understand if you're in an ira account the taxable friendliness if you will of any underlying investment is irrelevant because it's a tax deferred account but if you're in a in a taxable account it's a savings account it's a brokerage account it's anything like that exchange-traded funds are very tax-efficient they have some internal mechanisms in place that allow them to even avoid short-term capital gains in a portfolio that's being traded, due to the way that they are structured, uh, it's it's too depth to go or too in depth to go into on the radio. Uh, but there are some very specific tax advantages. We will use very specific pieces of that exchange traded fund puzzle in a non IRA account for the highest level of tax efficiency possible. There are no investment minimums. Many mutual funds today will require you put in twenty five hundred three thousand dollars five thousand dollars ETFs on the other hand can be purchased for as little as one share you don't have to have a minimum inside of those so you can start with a small account and you can build it they're a wonderful dollar cost averaging uh, opportunity for you they also are a lower cost the average mutual fund today still has an internal cost that's well over 1% and there are still lots and lots of mutual funds that are sold every day at big brocks brokerage firms that have a front end commission load on them. A shares are the most infamous. Most A shares carry at least a 5% upfront commission load. So not only are you paying over 1% in fees inside of many of them, you're also paying 1% upfront before, mm-hmm. or, um, excuse me, 5% upfront before you ever get started. So you're 6% in the hole probably before you ever get a chance to make dime one. Mutual or exchange traded funds on the other other end of the spectrum they have internal expenses as well everything does but those are typically in that three-tenths of a percent one-half of a percent up to maybe 0.95 percent so a lesser expensive alternative for you and the fourth option is that there are more trading control mutual funds are only traded once per day mutual funds trade at the close of the stock market every day and then they are priced at what's called net asset value Net asset value is an interesting animal because what it's doing is it's deducting all of the fees and expenses from that mutual fund on a daily basis that you are shouldering. You never see it. You never write a check for it. It's never itemized on a statement for you, but you're paying for it every day, and you're at the whims of the market. If the market starts off on a tear and ends the day down, you are going to end the day down because you cannot sell that mutual fund during the middle of the day, whereas exchange-traded funds, they're just like stocks. You can buy and sell exchange-traded funds all day long. Uh, They will trade immediately if there's a market for them. And the vast majority of them today do not have commissions or trading costs associated with them.
1: All right. Sounds like a good uh, alternative there. And our final question, uh, Luke, goes uh, to uh, Henry in Chilton. It says, my wife worked until about 10 years ago. She's become a homemaker since then, and we're both 49. I've got a full-time job and a small pension. Now, can my wife claim her Social Security retirement benefit at 62 and then switch to a spousal benefit when I retire at 67?
2: Henry, I like the question. Mad respect to your wife. I have a wife as well that stays home with our children, and uh, holy smoke, she's got the more difficult of the two Jobs, that is for sure. Um, but great question
0: is coming in talking on the radio.
2: Yeah, all I do is sit here and talk (laughs) on the radio into this microphone. There's no, there's nobody here even to talk back. Um, but great question on social security. Your wife can draw on her own record, uh, social security as early as age 62. Um, and then the new rules do state that in order for a spouse to draw what's called spousal benefits or draw benefits off of. Um, you know, the primary worker, which in this case it sounds like was you, then you, the individual Henry would have to be taking Social Security in order for her to do that. So if you're going to wait until that full retirement age to start your social security, then she would be eligible for up to half of your benefit once you start. It could be lesser depending on her age at the time of taking benefits. But absolutely she can take that that step up in amount um, and receive more. Uh, for the rest of her lifetime. And then the thing you want to keep in mind is that once one of you passes away, then the higher of the two paychecks is going to fall off, is going to go away. And then whoever is remaining will receive that um, other higher check for the rest of their life. But you will not get both then going forward.
1: All right, we've talked about a lot of different topics, Sam. And now it's time for you to tell our listeners what uh, you could do for them.
0: We can help you get ready. We can help you start that plan or maybe you already are retired maybe you are disappointed maybe things haven't gone the way you thought they were going to maybe you've been disappointed in the results or maybe you're starting to realize that the people that you're using or the person that you're using now just isn't as eminently qualified to handle retirement as we are folks this is our focus this is all we do every day monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday and so on and so forth retirement is all we do make the call today I want to get you a copy of my book I wrote it for you it's for your retirement the shows for you the television shows are for you the two-day educational format classes that we do are for you take advantage of it take advantage of our experience and take advantage of our caring and our passion to make sure that you get the
1: retirement you deserve call now all right, thanks, Sam. And that number to call is 866 203 7486 866 203 7486 You'll get that comprehensive retirement lifestyle review. Everything that's resonated for the entire day uh, that you have listened to us. Uh, well, that's uh, what they're there for. And remember that Sam has penned that book. Purpose determines placement. You get a copy of that. No cost, no obligation. Come on in and get that retirement lifestyle review by calling 866 20 20 three, seven, four, eight, six. That's 7486 because after all it is your retirement. Final thoughts, Sam. It's
0: been a great show. I think we covered a lot of good information today. Thanks everybody for listening in and we are looking forward to seeing you soon. See you soon.
2: Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered.
0: Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies.